Another one of our sponsors I'm excited to tell you about is actually another podcast. It's called People of Product. And it's really about kind of highlighting the way people come together in innovative ways and create all the digital products that seem to be in every part of our lives. And what I think I like the most is that these guys are speaking from experience. You know, we had George Brooks on our show. And besides that, he's like a really genuine human being, just super knowledgeable at creating way more effective teams to get this kind of stuff done. And I really can't recommend it enough. You can find them anywhere that you get your podcasts and I recommend you checking out People of Product. So longtime listeners of the show will probably remember Jay Davis, who's been on a number of times. Well, in addition to being a friend and a consulting client, I'm excited to say now that he's also a sponsor of this show. Last year, when I was spending a lot of time at his company's office, he started a new company called PillowCube, which is this awesome memory foam rectangle pillow. That's tall enough for me to be a side sleeper, but not have to have my head sag down like when I try to fold over my regular pillows. It's really pretty amazing, and for any side sleepers like me, it's great so we don't have to wake up with shoulder pain. On top of that, it's been really fun for me to see him have so much success because it's been selling like crazy. Anyways, if you're a side sleeper, I highly recommend going to pillowcube.com and getting one for yourself. It's a good question because I always had this path of my career in mind and, but I didn't, I didn't like exactly picture it to where I am today, but you know, I started in the agency world. I think any strong marketer should start an agency world. You learn so many incredible skills, right? You learn how to review creative and give feedback. You learn how to present to clients. You learn how to manage your budget. You learn how to work on teams, cross-functional, all those important skills that, and you learn how to really develop a brand and a product Welcome to Innovation and Leadership, where I interview uncommonly high achievers like top investment fund managers, elite special operations soldiers, startup CEOs who sold their companies for billions of dollars, pro athletes, Hollywood filmmakers, really as many different kinds of experts as I can. The whole idea is to hear how they did it and then what advice they have for the rest of us that can be applied to the organizations we're trying to grow and innovate. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's show. Today on the show, we've got Colleen Stoffer, Global Head of Creator Marketing at Pinterest. Colleen, thanks for doing this. Thanks, Jess. So nice to meet you. So this is a fun title. What, what does it actually mean? <laughs> you know, it is a fun title. And I like to say that I have a dream job and I'm lucky to have it. And I actually, two years ago, I pitched this job to my boss, our CMO, Andrea Mallard. And she said, yes, go do it. But My job is really to tell stories out in the world to creators, which are, you know, the makers, the doers, the designers, the inspirers that that create content on Pinterest and get them to tell their story and share their passion on Pinterest. So it is a very fun job. I get to meet many creative minds around the world. Yeah. So what what does that look like? What will you do in a typical week? Oh my, this is like when my family asks what I do for a job because they're all in finance and real estate. And I say, I sit in meetings and write emails all day. (laughs) But, um, But truly it is a day of context switching, you know? So for example, you know, this morning I met with our international team. We talked about what is our strategy for an upcoming product launch that we have for creators specifically. Then, you know, I had an external meeting. I met with the artist Will I Am, and we talked about how he could test one of our new products and become a creator on Pinterest. He's already a pinner. And then really about reviewing creative and what is the campaign marketing campaigns and creatives we put out in the world to, to show our value and our story with creators for creators. So, and then of course I manage a team and have one-on-ones and, you know, balance our budget and meet with all of our product and creator management cross-functional partners. So it is 
context switching all day long, but I thrive in that chaos. That's fun. So I'm interested, you know, I think your guys' market cap today was like 46 billion or something. Does that sound right? Sure. <laughs> okay. I think I think it's a little over 46 billion today. What to, you know, can, can you give us some updated stats on Pinterest for people who don't don't know just how enormous it is and and what's changing on the platform? Yes, exactly. So, Pinterest is the home of inspiration. We have more than 450 million monthly pinners worldwide. And so, and that's, you know, the people that come to the platform every single day to get inspired, to be inspired. And really our top priority is inspiration, inclusion, and actionable content. So I don't know if you're a pinner yourself. We should talk about that if you're not. But, you know, whether you come on the platform to find your recipe for dinner tonight or you're rebuilding your home or, of course, in the pandemic, a lot of parents had to learn how to become teachers. So there's a ton of lesson plans. And and then, of course, everyone needed some mental well-being and some, you know, me time. And so you could go on there for, you know, a positive quote or a, you know, just inspiration of a place that you want to travel soon to. So it's a growing platform. We saw a ton of growth this year in 2020 from Gen Z and men as well. So new people coming onto the platform during the pandemic, looking for a place to be inspired and probably change something, you know, within their home, within their self even too. Yeah. Did I, did I see a set, correct me here, that you had like, You've had like the double, double the number of male pinners now or something yeah. just the recent past. Yes. Which is really exciting. And it's been so interesting to see how they're using Pinterest. Right. So, you know, a lot of fashion, a lot of, I think more men are getting into cooking, which is exciting. I'm sure all their partners out there are very happy about that. And then new use cases, right? So automotive is really popular, right? People are always using it as a place to get inspiration, but also drive action. So we've seen a ton of automotive pick up there and and hobbies as well. Yeah. So I started using Pinterest, I want to say like 10 years ago-ish, when we were one of the first. When we were building a new website and I was working with a designer in Toronto, I was in Calgary. And so we would just do build a pin board of like, I was thinking this like that. And it was faster than uploading stuff to Google Docs and or emailing, you know, losing stuff like that. And yeah, so I'm I'm actually kind of an obsessive pinner. Like I've probably got uh, 60 or 70,000 pins. I've got like 28,000 followers. And uh, wait, that's amazing. You are what we would call a power pinner. Okay. We, we run this podcast off Pinterest. So I surf the internet endlessly pretending like I'm working. And then every time I come across interesting people, I pin them to a secret board that my my team is on and my producer pulls it, pulls names off the board and tries to hunt down these people's, you know, handlers and uh, invite them onto the show. And that, that's how we run this show. So that's amazing. I know I, I would love to do some sort of activation or contest to get people to reveal their secret boards because you know, as we've talked to creators and, you know, people like yourself, we've learned that people use it in all different ways. So I don't know if you're familiar with the show Shits Creek, but we recently had Dan Levy on um, one of our events and he used Pinterest to plan all of Moira Rose's outfits, which is amazing. Stranger Things, the Stranger Things creators, they created the whole look and feel of Pinterest through secret boards. So I know there's so many juicy secret boards out there that I would love to get my hands on. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. You know, I, I will say like, I've got like, I've got a marketing board with about 4,500 pins on it, but I've got secret marketing boards that are like, oh, this is such a good idea. This is such a good idea. I hope nobody else realizes it. 
you know? And yeah. And, and I find like, there's just, for me, like it's, it's so efficient because like, even though my, my day job is, you know, trying to buy millions and millions of dollars of commercial real estate so we can give our investors quarterly, a quarterly check they can rely on. Right. Um, when I have time off, like I still go do paintings, you know, and, you know, trying to turn my four kids into artists. Right. Um, what's, what's fun for me is sure. Yeah. So I, I pin endlessly. And then when I've got, you know, like a lot of times on holidays, we have a Monday off, like I'll go do a painting and I'll just go back through, you know, thousands of pins on on like okay i pulled it up like my my draw paint board has yeah. 17 17,200 pins okay so i'm uh, shocked by this i just i just you scroll and scroll than- and build like a little mini collection of like i want to do a painting that's a mashup of these 20 paintings you know and maybe there's a few photos or a few other things in it and it's so great because I'm not rich enough to take more than a day off at a time that often, right? <laughs> so so I don't have the time to go search for all the pieces I'm going to put together. It's just so efficient of like throughout my life, I'm constantly collecting. And then when I have those times, it's so much more efficient to go through and look. And so, you know, our design, our marketing, there, there's so much of this that over the years is it's it's just an incredibly efficient way to collect and share for us, at least business-wise, personally. Anyways, so I'm a fan. Okay, you're hired. You can be one of our sales, head of sales. No, (laughs) but I love that you're such an advocate because it is so true. I think like sometimes there is that gap of like, oh, why would I use it over something else? But once you get in, you get so sucked into it, right? And there's so many different use cases. To your point, I hear people all the time, you know, sharing like their pin board with, you know, a designer or their teacher or like whoever in their life. And it is like such a good way to obviously visualize something, but it's, it's what we always say. It's like, you know it when you see it. Cause sometimes you think in your head, Oh, I want to redo my living room or I have this idea for this party I want to throw, but you can't always describe it and you can just collect it all in one place. And then if you show someone, they'll be like, ah, I got it. Well, what's interesting is you think about the stereotypes about Pinterest, which probably come a lot from what what the huge volume of pins are about. But like so many people don't know, I have like special ops buddies with Pinterest boards mm-hmm. that are full of special ops stuff. Like it is, it is really what you want it to be. Like, you know, I think a difference is, you know, most of us don't know what's in anybody else's Google Docs, right? Like we assume it's proposals or this, or we don't really know what people are making decks about in their Google slides, right? And so it feels much more personal in some ways of like, it is what we think it is, where Pinterest, like my impression of what Pinterest is, is actually very different than what my boards are because mm-hmm. there's so much exposure to what everybody else is pinning, right? But there's wildly diverse, like, you know, yes. I I remember I was really into like, I've got uh, 14 and 10 year old sons who like want to make their own swords and knives, okay? And oh I did that God. in high school in shop class. I thought it was great. And so I've like obsessively pinned like really cool knife makers, right? And you get to the point where you like, you find the other guys who are pinning like crazy. And then you end up just like going to their board to see what they found. And like, that's probably not like the typical Pinterest use case, right? No. Oh we gosh. think it's fun. I love that. I know it's, it's really interesting for me. I, I love even like my coworkers. I'm like, I want to see your home feed, like show me what your home feed looks like versus my home feed, you know? And it's funny. You just said that. And I'm like telling you all the lingo, but your pin twin, like if you find someone on Pinterest that has like the same interests and passions as you, but you probably don't even know them. Right. Like that's kind of the coolness of it. It's, you know, being inspired by strangers. 
which, you know, and then of course now you can be inspired by creators, whether it's a famous creator, you know, or someone you don't know, and you want to just engage with and follow. Yeah. Well, for people who don't understand how much business is being driven by, by pinning these days, can you give people some scope or some stats or some ideas? Yeah. So, I mean, of course, we're so proud of of everything we've done to date as a company. And we're continuing to to push that and grow, of course, like our advertiser ecosystem, you know, especially with the small businesses, right? And so we've seen a pretty significant amount of growth with small businesses on the platform, especially using and launching our new shopping products. So our shopping products have come a long way. And we hope that you're not only inspired on the platform, but then you take action. And so I don't know if you've shopped at all on Pinterest, I would love to hear about your experience. But I'm inspired every day by just people that come to me and say, I love that you can shop now. I'm like, yes, it's working. It's happening. And we have such amazing advertisers that have taken that inspiration action. Like, you know, anyone from a Home Depot, the big advertisers to, you know, some of the smaller brands like Citizenry who are just super inspirational. And then what we're doing is matching those brands with creators. So really thinking through how we can have that creator sponsorships. And, and making that authentic story behind the product and having someone else outside of the, the brand bring it to life for them. You know, what's funny, next week, I've got a guy named Sahil coming on the show who was the, the second employee to be brought on at Pinterest. And oh. so it'll be fun to like what it's become now. And then next week, hopefully we'll hear some stories about the, the early days with Ben and everybody. But yeah, um, so sometimes in our all hands, Ben will show pictures of the early days of the first Q and A's, you know, we have Q and A every Friday and it's like five people sitting around a pizza box and it's really, really yeah. endearing, you know, into what it's become. So we're very proud about the growth. Do you know how many staff you have now? How big is it now? Approximately. Oh my gosh. I'm, it's probably 2,500. Yeah. Yeah. Which is sure. pretty cool worldwide. Yeah. I think when I started, it was 900 and that was three and a half years ago. So it's exciting, you know? Yeah. And so, my team, um, alone, like I started this team two years ago, it was me and one other person. And now it's, oh my gosh, I don't even know, like 10 or 15. So it's, we're, we're growing. It's a fun, a fun time to be there. Yeah. You know, I, I'm interested how your time with, with Clorox and Edelman, you've like influenced you or, or how that's been an advantage bringing those experiences to this job. Yes. It's, it's a good question because. I always had this path of my career in mind and, but I didn't, I didn't like exactly picture it to where I am today, but you know, I started in the agency world. I think any strong marketer should start an agency world. You learn so many incredible skills, right? You learn how to review creative and give feedback. You learn how to present to clients. You learn how to manage your budget. You learn how to work on teams, cross-functional, all those important skills that and you learn how to really develop a brand and a product and have a narrative behind it. And the agency world is fun and crazy. But I think what I learned there was I need to go work for a brand that I actually use. And I really believe that in marketing. Like as you get older in your marketing career, it's like, how can you market a product if you don't actually use it? So after being in the agency world for a while, and like many people, I what I call going to the dark side, which is the client side. So you become the client and you say, I'm always going to be a good client. I'm never going to be you know, mean to my <laughs> agency. Yes, how some of my clients maybe were back in the day. And so I lived in Chicago. I grew up in Chicago. I was recruited by Clorox. And speak, I, like, I was always a Clorox fan. Obviously, they've done amazing in this pandemic. They won brand of the year. I'm like so proud of them. And I led the digital strategies there across their 10 brands. So Burt's Bees, Hidden Valley, Brita, Glad, 
Clorox, I could go on and on. And that role was incredible because I essentially was a consultant for each brand. So I got to go into the brand and say, hey, this should be your content strategy, your digital strategy. This is how you can reach your audience. And then I could like step out and the team would execute it. So it was an incredible, incredible journey and role. And I believe if you also want to be a great marketer, you should work for a CPG company because that's really what they have, right? It's like, how do you distinguish a garbage bag over another garbage bag or bleach? Like, I never thought I would be saying this, but <laughs> when you work, do you want to be a great marketer? I really believe you got to work at an agency and work at some form of CPG because it's probably the most challenging ways to market. You know, everything's a commodity at that point. And then I was our decision maker for how we spent our money on Google and Facebook and Pinterest and our Pinterest sales reps and I, you know, became friends because we worked together all the time of, you know, how Clorox was spending money on Pinterest. And they, you know, were like, hey, we have a new marketing team. It's 10 people and you should come in and help lead the B2B business. So I actually started at Pinterest leading the B2B team, which I thought was an amazing challenge because I was marketing to marketers and I think they're the most, you know, they they can smell BS. and. I thought, oh, I like this challenge. I'm going to do it. And then, of course, a few years later, I started the creator marketing team. So I'm kind of like going back to my creative consumer roots that I started my career in. And for people who don't understand creator marketing and story pins and this kind of stuff, can you give people, can you help them understand the, the differences between marketing, creator marketing, different ways that this can be done, stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So we have three audiences, pinners, which are people like you that save on Pinterest, go on Pinterest to browse, create boards, et cetera. And then we have, of course, businesses, advertisers. That's where, you know, most of our shopping products live and you can go and buy the stuff that you're finding and saving. And then the creators and the creators are the linchpin for both of these because all the content on Pinterest is from creators other than the ads. And they really are the reason that Pinterest exists, right? Like without creators, there would be nothing on the platform. And so we made a pretty big shift last year and we started introducing products for creators that want to build an audience versus driving traffic off the platform, right? So today you see a pin and then you click out to the creator's website, their blog, or maybe like a shopping site. And what we really heard from pinners is they're like, when I find a recipe, I just want it all right there. I don't want to have to click and then scroll and scroll and scroll. Or if I do click, I want to buy it and I want to buy the thing. And so we created this new product that we released last September and it's in beta right now called Story Pins. And that is really for creators that want to don't want to have a separate website, want to build an engaged audience on Pinterest and share their passion and their content. And the, op, the difference between story pins on our platform versus other stories is that they live forever. And so, um, again, that fits the platform, right? Like you'll save something on your board and you might want to come back to it. Or you really just want to engage with all of it right there. And it's, you know, usually, you know, moments content, something that you want to do in your life versus selfies. So very excited. We've started to get a good number of creators on the platform and we are going to be releasing and making a few more announcements next month, actually, with some new product updates. So you're going to have to stay tuned for that. Yeah. And so, and do you differentiate creators who are pinning something off somebody else's website versus people who are uploading original photos or something? Yes, exactly. And that, and those are the, that's really the new crop we've seen, right? Like you've seen it on many other platforms, but 
creators that are, you know, either it's their side hustle, which I kind of feel like you have a side hustle with the painting, or it is their day job, like Grossy Pelosi, you got to follow him. He makes like the best vodka sauce of all time. He is amazing. And they are really looking to build an audience. They want that engagement. And then eventually they want to make money, right? And and monetize that. And so that's really the path that we're on right now is helping these creators be successful, find their audience, create content as easy as they can, and then eventually monetize and, and make money and, you know, continue their passion and turn it into that side hustle into a career. So now I'm going to full on recruit you. <laughs> <laughs> well, We'll feature you in a marketing campaign, your paintings with your kids. Let's do it. This will be great. (laughs) So um, one thought that I have too is, you know, I'm such a Warren Buffett nerd and he's constantly saying like, if you go buy things that are popular, you're going to pay a price for it in investing, Mm. right? Everybody, everybody knows buying, you know, the industrial buildings that have Amazon in it is a good investment right now. So as a result, the, the, the rate of return you're going to make on buying a building like that is not that high because there's a lot of money chasing those few deals, right? Yeah. And I, you know, conversations that I have with, with very like buttoned up finance people and, and these type of businesses is like, hey, yeah, I know everybody in your company, quote unquote, knows that LinkedIn is the only place you guys need to be. But because everybody else in your industry is thinking that way, there's going to be opportunities for you on TikTok. You know, like it's not just for my 13-year-old daughter. Like there's these people with finance advice that have gone from zero to a million followers in incredibly short periods of time, right? Yeah. And so I look at like Pinterest where, again, it's going to fit in the category of people's minds in a certain way a lot. But like right off the bat, I'm thinking, you know, we've had so many New York Times bestselling authors on the show. It's like this big treat for me because I'm a book nerd. And there's these guys who they finish being a CEO, you know, had David Cody on. He took Honeywell from 20 billion to 120 billion in market cap, like really uh, guys who have accomplished great things. But they have they have lessons they learned. They want to actually share mm-hmm. what they've done. And, you know, I don't know how many people know, like Pinterest is an incredible source for inspirational quotes and and new ideas. And there are people like me who have like obsessively pinned certain, like I have so many Warren, but I have like entire boards of just Warren Buffett quotes, right? And like just something that occurs to me is like an opportunity for somebody in that space who's trying to share knowledge, something that's uplifting, right? The potential to become an influencer there where, you know, like, I'm not saying you can't do it on Instagram, but you're not, you know, that's a field that has a lot of other folks in it currently, right? Yeah. You know, Facebook, it's pretty inundated, right? You know, but for me, I'm even thinking about finance and investing. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, we wouldn't, I I don't think we would have near the competition that we would on LinkedIn, if we were to like, have the team and talk about a strategy and like, could, could Greystoke build a following there where highly visual, highly visual content. I mean, one thing I do know is like, there are those times where I'm like, what am I still doing awake? Why have I scrolled <laughs> this long? It's like, it's like Netflix or Pinterest, Pinterest, Netflix, YouTube. I can use like way too much time on. Right. But, but the point of it is if you are finding, like you get that novelty payoff of like, Ooh, I found something new and great. Well, uh, even though it's not the mass of the users, I promise there are some of my ideal clients on there looking for investment advice. You know, they've been very successful in their business and now they're realizing like, oh, investing my money is a different sport. And so they're figuring out what books should I read? And because there's there's so many books, right? Which ones are actually good? Well, why couldn't we be creating highly visual content or or possibly story pins, you know, saying hey, we, we read 600 of these books for you. Here's the 20 we think you should start with, you know? Anyways, 
Tell, tell me I'm wrong. You're t- give me better ideas here. No, I love that. I mean, okay, a few things. I don't know if you've heard people say this, but like literally pinners have said, Pinterest is the last positive corner on the internet. And so <laughs> to your point, like the inspirational quotes, it's we actually have research that shows like people feel anxiety when they're on other platforms, but when they come to Pinterest, they feel calmer, more positive, obviously inspired, being the home of inspiration. And we really want to like, number one, make sure we it stays that way and harness that. And so the inspirational quotes is something that's so top of mind for me. Amanda Gorman, if you're out there, I want you on Pinterest as a creator. Like, can you imagine her doing her poetry and like story pins and just like how incredible and inspiring that would be. And so we're really trying to get creators of all types, right? Not just people that make things. It's like people that write or that speak or give advice. And we see that as an amazing opportunity because you're so right. Like pinners are searching for, they really are searching for financial advice during tax season. You know, we see people searching for different things on there, you know, related to how to organize, how to budget, how to plan ahead for the next year, et cetera. And so I think hopefully this will open people's apertures of of other use cases on Pinterest than, you know, just recipes and and whatnot. Yeah. You know, I like when you think about when you think about maybe non-traditional pinners that that could take advantage of it. I mean, to me, I think, you know, tax advice, right? There's there's YouTube videos if I want somebody to tell it to me. There's endless articles and blog posts uh, that are always way too long, right? And and details. <laughs> okay. But on Pinterest, like I feel like you're more likely to get a framework. You're more likely to get the journey. Like, oh, you know, like are you setting up, you know, have you, you know, first year in business, here's your taxes. Like here's the things you're gonna have to do different. And that, you know, like a roadmap to a roadmap to write-offs or something that's yeah. going to be, do you know what I mean? Like something visual like that to me, like you guys are a natural source for something like that. Exactly. I know. I do feel like infographics or like listicles, like it's just, I think in general, people learn quicker with a visual. And then on top of that, more of like the quick sound bites. We know that like nobody has an attention span anymore. And so having some sort of like guide, framework, listicle, infographic really helps people. I think just like take that step back, not feel that, you know, anxiety that they might feel on other sites or not feel overwhelmed by all the information out there. It's like, you can really like tune the search and your feed the way you want it. Yeah. So who are like, and you don't have to name by name, but like, what are some categories of advertisers that people may not realize advertise on Pinterest? Yeah. I mean, I do think financial services is interesting. Like, you know, American Express, like obviously during tax season two, I think that's really interesting. Also automotive we've talked about because I think, you know, we talked about men joining Pinterest, but of course, like our female audience, you know, 25 to 55 is is our core demographic and they are usually the purchase, you know, decider. They are the the CEO of the household. And so they help to make those auto decisions. And I think we've seen a huge uptake in like people researching cars, people, you know, looking for accessories and that kind of thing. And then I do think, and I, I'm curious if you think this is a, a normal one, but Travel has been really interesting because when you think about planning a trip, you think about where you're going to stay, what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear on that trip, like to the point of organization, you can have it all in one place. And that again, can only help you like, all right, this is where we're going on vacation family. This is the whole plan. Maybe that's like too ambitious, but I think those are interesting use cases. And then the last one I will say is actually one of our top use cases, which is tattoos. And I think like, 
I don't think about that in my daily life, but it's really cool when you see the product that we have, which is tries, where you'll see the inspired idea. And then underneath it, people will upload their version of it. And tattoos and illustrations are are such a big use case. It makes sense. You know, an idea, an idea for you potentially is, you know how there's like the YouTube creator studios, right? I wonder if there isn't like an opportunity for you guys to like help help other industries that currently aren't taking as much advantage. Like if you guys had training programs or you had creator studios to help them like ease into the program and understand it, because even if, even if a large portion of your demographic is not their demographic mm-hmm. out of 450 million pinners, if there's only like 3 million people from your demographic, it's probably still worth it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yes. you know what I mean? Like there's this, like, it, it's not about what percentage of Pinterest cares about my industry. It's how many of my potential clients are are on here, right? Exactly, exactly. And I think that is the perfect way to think about it. What's really interesting is I was t- literally talking to my team yesterday and I'm like, I don't want to build a studio. I actually want to create a traveling studio because mm. in this world, as we've you know all learned, like we've all been in our homes and people are working from homes more and you know people will be traveling again, but how cool would it be when you think about like, you want to create content on Pinterest, you want to create, you know, an experience, then you probably want to do that in the comfort of your own home or your office or, you know, some place that you're familiar with. So how cool would it be if Pinterest brought that studio to you? And then the other thing I want to tell you about is Pinterest Academy. So that is our online Hmm. e-learning, which is PinterestAcademy.com. And it really is like a step-by-step e-learning at your own pace the how to get started, how to build a business, how to, you know, create ads, how to be a creator on Pinterest. So it is a, a great tutorial. We probably need to market it more that you didn't know about it. Yeah. Where, where, <laughs> so where do people it, go? Uh, where do Pinterest people go Pinterestacademy.com. Okay. What are, what are some things, you know, you obviously have this unique perspective into, you know, what 450 million people are doing, right? What are some trends? What are some things that you think are on their way that maybe not everybody else realizes? So the interesting thing about what we've seen with Gen Z is they're using the platform very differently. So they are creating aesthetics. So when they think about their their life aesthetic, that doesn't have to be like even their home or their fashion. It's more of like them and their personality. And so we've seen a huge uptick in, in that and them, you know, their new jobs, their new lives, their new cities and that kind of thing. And then the other thing to mention is every year we do our Pinterest predicts which is our predictions for the year. So Pinterest is future looking, right? Like you're planning your life on there. You're planning your next thing. And so each year we make our predictions for that year ahead of what are going to be the trends for the year. And so there've been so many things like cottage core, you know, that's coming back. And, And then within that, there's, it's crazy. Like you could go so deep, like weird core, space core, goblin core, like so many different, you know, cores around that. And what was interesting that we got that insight is when the iOS widget, you know, when everyone could like update their phones on iOS with different backgrounds, you could customize your, your interface and your aesthetic. Well, we saw this huge uptick in people creating their aesthetic on Pinterest. And so it's just been like, I would have never thought that, but it's really fun to see when people see something in the world through technology and then they come and use Pinterest in a, a way that we've never seen people use it before. Interesting. What about what about just trends in the business? You know, the 
the intersection of like the social media worlds and, and just the other digital products going on out there. What, what do you see for like the tech industry from your perspective? I, what I'm proud of that Pinterest has done and what I've seen is, you know, more platforms are changing is people taking care of their mental well-being and mental health. And like, you've seen so much out in the world about people talking about social media and being toxic and celebrities leaving platforms because their mental health. And I, it's obviously so important and the industry needs to tackle it together. And so I mentioned this because Pinterest has is, is been known as a positive platform. We've done, done awesome work with Stanford. And so if you search something in Pinterest right now that's, you know, something either like harmful to yourself or anxiety or depression, like literally search those in Pinterest, you'll get what's called compassionate search. And that's where we worked with Stanford. And it literally will give you exercises to do, you know, mental meditation, different things you can do to help calm yourself down. And so what I've seen and what's been chatting about in the industry is just more and more of that, like more and more platforms making sure that mental health is first and foremost, because we've clearly seen an impact, right? Um, especially on Gen Z, on the different generations out there of of how it's affected them. And, and so the other thing we just announced is our creator code. So that again, is it's just this evolution of our platform, right? It's this code that our creators all sign. And it's really this code of kindness and, and code to make sure they're not putting triggering content up there. So, you know, nobody, people are triggered by, you know, before and after shots of when you've worked out or fitness and weight loss. And so really thinking through like, how does this impact your audience? And how do you, how do you invite that kindness in and build that text toxicity out? And so I do think mental health is going to be more and more important and at the forefront of, of technology and platforms. I mean, obviously you've seen meditation apps take off in this pandemic, but I think if we've learned one thing in the last year, it's like people need more time for themselves and technology can help that. Well, I think one thing I was happy to see you guys do years ago was, you know, I've, I've got a wife and two daughters and the world is constantly telling them they're not enough. Right. And I, I remember like, I believe it was you guys, but a few years back, it was like, if somebody was searching uh, Finspo, like thin inspiration, that mm-hmm. instead like stuff would come up about eating disorders, you know? And I thought that was interesting. Help. Yeah. Yeah. We've done. Yes. And I, I, that is, I think like we talk about like being a marketer and working for brands you love and you're proud of. We obviously have an amazing mission. It's to inspire everyone to create a life they love and, and making sure the platform stays safe. We've done a ton of work on, you know, mis- misinformation and we've never, you know, allowed political ads. And so it's been really rewarding. And I think just like hearing that anecdote and hearing so many pinners tell their story about them just, you know, Pinterest clearly having an impact on their lives for the better. Yeah. What what does that look like of, of you know, continually trying to have you know, not great content, not stay on the platform because it's pretty easy to add. Yes. Oh my gosh. Our trust and safety team is so incredible and impressive and our policy teams. And so it really is a combination between our algorithms and actual human beings reviewing content. (laughs) I think like people take that for granted, but especially this the story pins product we just launched it's you know new content being added to the platform all the time so we make sure that there is human evaluation within it because algorithms can miss things sometimes too so we definitely have you know a dedicated committed amazing trust and safety and policy and community teams that help to keep the content on the platform safe and 
and, you know, are actually looking at it plus the algorithm. So I think that yeah. that's an important point, you know, because computers miss stuff sometimes. Sure. So. <laughs> well, um, you know, I'm interested in, in any advice you have personally, you know, there, there are so many people passionate about marketing and, and yet most of them don't end up being the global head of anything at $50 billion companies. What do you think, what do you think you've done different to, to achieve so much success that not everybody else does? I think that I, I have a strong perspective and I always come with an idea. I tell this to people all the time. I'm like, you know, when, especially when they're interviewing or something like that, I say, don't think we've got it all figured out. Like we probably don't. Right. And so if you really want to like crack into the industry or like impress someone, it's like pitch them an idea, come with an idea, come with a perspective because right. We always talk about like ideas can come from anywhere. You can, anyone can be a creative. And I do think you, that can set you apart amongst anyone, right? Like a resume can be shiny and perfect, but you, you also need to be a marketer that has a, a perspective and a creative idea. And what do you, when it comes to that, I don't know, what, what are the mistakes that you see people making in their marketing careers as far as not doing that? What does it look like when they, are they just it's, not bold enough? Have they not prepared ahead of time? Are they? Yeah, I kind of, you know, it's funny, my boss and I talk about this a lot. And I think a lot of times people fall into just being like a project manager and a and an actual manager. And you're more just like reviewing and editing things and kind of taking that step back. And you're not actually as involved in the work as you should be. Now, that doesn't mean you should be like a micromanager or anything like that. Like you need to let your teams do their job. But sometimes we like rely too much on people with creative in their title to, to come with the creative ideas. And I think, you know, if you are an incredible marketer, you are also a creative and, and you represent the brand and you should know the brand inside out. So then you should know what would, you know, make the brand better, make the brand succeed, et cetera. And so I do think too many times people are marketers, but they are essentially project managers. And yes, there is project management in every job, but you, to be a really strong marketer, you should also have a, a creative vision and POV. Yeah. You know, I'd be interested in any advice you have for entrepreneurs as well. You know, I, I think about so many of the most admired CEOs or, or CEOs that have created the most admired brands and products. And like, you know, Steve Jobs is a pretty intense marketer. You know, Elon <laughs> yes. Musk, he might be smart at a bunch of other stuff, but he's an intense marketer. Jeff Bezos is a great marketer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're like marketer, they're like marketing CEOs. Mm -hmm. right? And, you know, we, we have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to the show, investment fund managers who are, are advising the entrepreneurs they've invested in, stuff like this. When you think about, again, being at major brands, you know, household names like a Clorox and, and a Pinterest, what's advice that you would give to up and coming CEOs who, you know, they got a million other things to worry about, but let's face it, if they don't sell some product, nobody's got a job around right. here, right? What are some ideas that you would have for entrepreneurs who want to up their marketing game? I mean, I would say focus. So you can't be all things to all people, right? And so I think one thing we did a few years ago is we were like, people were like, oh, Pinterest is just for women. And I'm like, yeah, and women are amazing and they make all the purchasing decisions. So we should lean into that, you know? And so what I would say is focus on, you know, one audience, 
one niche, one thing to start and make sure like you can really, really get that right and and hit it and sell with that audience. And then you'll learn so much from them that you will scale and you'll get to the next audience and the next audience, et cetera. And so I would say like, don't, don't feel overwhelmed to be all things to all people because you definitely can't be and, and you shouldn't be right. It's, I would say like amazing products are definitely start with one audience and then and then eventually you can be all things to all people and have, you know, billions of ideas. Like, of course, Pinterest does now, but you got to start with focused. Yeah, that's good advice. You know, tip over the dominoes in order instead of trying to do them all at once, right? Exactly. Um, well, and, <laughs> and listen, like... I wonder if you, if you would agree with that advice, but... <laughs> um, all of my, uh, you know, I, I think every single one of my wife's friends has Pinterest, right? And you guys have done that well. How do you feel like some of the lessons from that have helped you guys, you know, double the number of male users? I mean, what what percent is it? Like 15% or what, what percentage of the platform do you think are male now? Oh my, that's a good question. Honestly, it's growing every day. So I don't even know anymore. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty even at this point. I don't I think it's been interesting during the pandemic because partners have been hanging out more together. And so I do think there's been this moment where like a lot more women have been teaching their partners of, you know, how to use Pinterest and, and the different ways. And I think it's been eye-opening for people to to use it and, and dig in on their own. And so, yeah, I think that to me has, has probably been, I don't know, it's inspiring. It's inspiring to see people share how they, like you use it. So I hope you're telling all your friends about it, but <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you're eye-opening people to ways that you would never use it before, but beyond the core use cases, right? Fashion, beauty, home, and food, you can literally search for anything. And so, yeah, I think that's been an interesting. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite questions to ask people is what's one of the best pieces of advice you ever received? That's a good question. I'm trying to think. I'm sure it's like something from someone I work with today. So I could always like try to embarrass them. But (laughs) I would say as you get more senior in career, your imposter syndrome gets worse. And so I think one of the best pieces of advice I received is, is something that I like look at almost every single day when I'm like doubting myself or feeling like, you know, my ideas aren't the best that they could be or whatnot. And I sometimes read this quote, it's like, who would I be and where would I be without this thought? And so I think it's like having those affirmations, those daily reminders, because yeah, as you get more senior, the imposter syndrome is real and, and you definitely need to break through that. But the advice is, is around, you know, finding those tools and those ways and the people and like get a career coach. I fully believe in a career coach that can help you um, unblock and and be more creative and succeed. I love it. Well, you know, besides people getting an account if they don't have one or trying story pins or things like this, you know, I found you here on LinkedIn, anywhere else you'd send people? Yes. The other place I would send is business.pinterest.com. And that's our business website that has Honestly, anything you would need, success stories, how to get started, creator inspiration, and and yeah, how to how to advertise. I love it. Well, thanks for making time for this. It's been really fun. Yeah, thank you. I'm so happy that you're a power pinner. <laughs> Bye everyone. <laughs>